What is up, everybody? Welcome, welcome to Opening Set. This is your pal, King Most, episode three, season three, as always. Riding Shotgun is my man, John Reyes. Like, subscribe, follow us. Find this on whatever app you're using right now. That could be Spotify, but if not, Apple Music, SoundCloud, wherever you may be. Review, but also, like I always like to tell people, you know, tell your friends, spread the word. This is a very, you know, make this kind of an organic thing. We love hearing from just random friends saying, I heard the podcast, we love it. It's just kind of a good little, uh, I don't know, motivation to keep going. With that being said, today's very special guest is our boy, our bro, DJ Theory. Extremely versatile, not just DJing, but also in various forms of production. He's an expert in dancehall, club music, as well as modern sounds via his Brothers in Arms project with opening set alum, Jay Boogie. To quote him, he continues to keep heads bobbing and waistlines rotating worldwide. And in this conversation, we hear his take on creativity. Check it out. If you're an artist and you're creating art and you don't share it, what the fuck good is it? Yeah. Right? That's kind of what it comes down to. It's like you're kind of just serving yourself. Uh But... If you don't share it, not only is it not going to bring you anything, but if the goal is also to bring value to other people by sharing your art with them and you're not sharing it, then you're kind of just doing a disservice to everybody else and yourself. You are gifted and talented in the fact that you're an artist, and we're all artists, you know? Somebody's art could be any mundane little thing that seems like it's nothing, like it's creative. I've been feeling that a lot more lately that like you don't have to be a quote creative to be creative like you could be creative muni driver yeah. you know what I mean Yeah. it's all about your perspectives and the reason why I like that quote at least for me it was about you know find the creative person within and then sharing those gifts no matter what the output that goes for if you're a cook graphic designer of course a DJ or producer it's just kind of like always timely information and, and just kind of a keys to how to go about with life also in this conversation, we talk about his approach with making remixes, legal worlds with repurposing music, and finding a higher purpose within. My approach was, I want to talk to DJ Theory. He's you know super talented, he's a veteran, does all these things. I ended up having this talk with him, and we talk about crystals, and sobriety, and being a better person, and nature, and then also like how to set up a tour. I think these are kind of the talks that we always want to get in opening set, just kind of cover a whole lot of bases, not just you know DJ chatter. So I was, you know, I was like really blown away what he was able to share and, and being so frank and honest. It was great stuff. You can find DJ Theory on all socials under DJ Theory, and that's spelled D-E-E-J-A-Y-T-H-E-O-R-Y. DJ Theory spelled out. He just released a really, really fire compilation of Baltimore dance edits on his Bandcamp. He's active, always doing mixes and music and, you know, taking his beautiful daughter out on nature walks via his Instagram stories. So check it out. All right, so here we go. Opening set, King Mo's John Ray, DJ Theory, and you. What is up, everybody? This is your boy, King Mo's opening set, season three, episode three. So we're going like three, three. I like that combination. As always, running shotgun, my man, John Ray, is making sure everything sounds right, runs right. He's drinking a LaCroix to stay refreshed and fresh. And today's very special guest is a longtime homie who's luckily in town. We kind of made sure, you know, we got to sync up and get our lives together. DJ Theory, everybody. Yeah, yeah, and the reggae air horns are accurate because you are a reggae dude. For amongst sure. other things, you're a lot of things to me. So, you are here on a tour. Tell us about what it takes to kind of set up a tour, the nuts and bolts, the pros and cons. Because a lot of DJs we have listen, um, they either want to do it or maybe they've done it and they could have done it in a smarter way. So it's called what's the name of the tour as well. I ended up calling it end of the decade tour. Okay, why is that? Because it's the freaking end of the decade. It's a trip, right? 
Yeah, holy shit. We're starting a new decade. It just kind of happened. I didn't plan on naming it anything. (laughs) But I actually had a very quiet year in the DJ world. I realized that I need to get out there. So hell, I'm just getting out there. This tour kind of just came together through parties I've played already and relationships with friends and people on our network. The Bay Area is thankfully still a second home, so I can always tap in here. I was out here a couple weeks ago for this Red Bull event with your boy Jay Espinosa and celebrating him and his three-style win. And then I just came back out two weeks after that for um, some more shows, but also, like I was saying, it being my second home, my wife's family is based out here. She's got family in Sacramento and Napa, so we kind of do the loop. But I'm able to, you know, pair shows with it now, and that's obviously a huge plus. So it feels so good to be able to just tap back into the bay and see all the friends and do the shows and, you know, get that energy again. Yeah, that's how we connected. So the objective, not not just because you're out, but the objective, you say, is to get back out there. What does that mean to you? I get an idea, but to you personally, what is that? So because I had a quiet year due to the move and everything, and I'm sure we'll touch that, but... um. I'm kind of in a new space where I moved to, where I'm in this bubble of mine, and I'm in a very small town, and I have like 16,000 people where I live. So I have my studio, and I have my family, and I have my inspiration from you know all of my worldly sources, but I need to go out there and DJ and get the energy from the crowd and to be able to test out new music, because otherwise it's just me and my little bubble. Yeah. So that's basically what I meant by that. It's like I need to get that collective energy and just absorb it all so I can take that back home and, you know, keep And how keep is that inspiration? Has, has, you know, do you, are you going to go back with a bunch of, uh, you know, energy? Yeah, city? yeah. No, I'm, I'm feeling charged up for sure. Okay, good. Yeah, that's how I feel sometimes when I go to L.A. or other cities and you realize, getting out of your own bubble, you realize... Oh, I'm doing the right thing. Cool. People know who I am. I realize people don't know me the fuck at all. So I need to try a little harder. Or, or, you know, when I would go to Los Angeles or New York, I would see how the people are going about their daily kind of hustle and the routine and how they do it. And you're like, oh, I'm going to take notes. You know? So I was just all over the Midwest and the South. So I I love, unfortunately, what people from the big cities call smaller markets. So what's the small town you're you're from or you're talking about? Well, I'm in Western Massachusetts. And that's kind of where you're from, right? It's exactly where I'm from. Yeah, I'm literally 15 minutes from where I grew up. So the biggest markets, quote unquote, for me would be Boston. And then next is New York. New York's three hours and Boston is two hours. But I've been playing in New York a little bit more frequently. And I'm happy to like have that outlet now. And um, I'd like to continue in that circuit because obviously there's tons of energy in New York and it's three hours away. So it's the same as like, you know, popping a Tahoe for the weekend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, then you get the experience of yeah. New York City, not like Tahoe. So you just basically set out like an entire bunch of emails to people or do you have that kind of like things planned out? Give us the kind of the, uh, the day-to-day, the, the logistical work of setting up a tour. Um, that, that lasts, what, three months? Yeah. That's fucking I, insane, I mean, dude. I didn't anticipate it being a tour. I think I booked San Francisco first because we knew in advance that we were coming out here. Yeah. And then I said, oh, well, then I can do dot, dot, dot. From there, I think more than anything, once it's kind of just started to snowball of like, I should probably book some more shows. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm going to be out here anyways, might as well. Or even just like... I get into, I keep saying my bubble, but it really is because like I'm at home and I got my home studio and it's something that I've always, I've wanted a home studio for a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not really out there DJing so much in the area that I'm in. So I feel like I can just kind of put it all together in, um, once I started booking a few shows, I was like, I should book some more. And then it just kind of snowballed. Yeah. Yeah. Has been kind of drawbacks uh, of doing this? Not really. Cause like I'm saying, it's good to try out new music, hear what other DJs are playing, yeah. feel what crowds are responding to. Cause otherwise you 
it's pretty easy to lose touch. Yeah, yeah. It like happens so fast. Yeah, dude, I was just thinking about this over the weekend. I haven't done like a club hip hop gig maybe in like maybe a month, and I feel like so out of touch. Yeah, but I'm I'm talking like I was taking yeah. like six months here. You're also no disrespect, but you're Midwest, Mid North Boston, or whatever Massachusetts, New England. <laughs> you're in New England. Oh shit, just say like New England, bro. You're in New England again. Not exactly a place I would think is like on the cut edge of music, but it doesn't mean there's it's no, not. But, but there's still cool shit happening out there for right? sure. Yeah. So this tour says the end of the decade tour. Was it maybe different from these other kind of gig uh, runs you kind of do in the past? Is the other ones just say the previous ones just about I need to get some money and go on the road or is it maybe uh, what was what were the other kind of tours you would do well being based in the bay obviously I had regular work here mm-hmm. but when I moved I did not have that regular work anymore because there's no nightlife yeah so oh, there's no nightlife in no the not, not where I'm at okay and you don't have any desire to kind of just set up shop and I'm gonna do a monthly you know I just don't think that there's enough of an infrastructure to support it like not enough people will come to a hundred person party in New England that really I mean there's a major shortage like obviously thought about opening a little dance club but yeah imagine no. what that would really, I don't know really look like but on the day to day here's the thing though this, I asked that because I just did goodness in Denver and I just did funky good time case out to case boom. Cause he also does boom bap. Sure. Both of us done all dirty Sundays in Tampa. And these are all places. Like when I tell my friends that live here in, in you know, LA and New York, I'm like, dude, the best parties are in these like smaller little spots. Yeah. That you yeah. So that doesn't give you any kind of motivation to be like, I'm going to do my own. Sure. Con- yeah. No, Something I, to think about. Something I, to think. I feel you. Yeah. You know, and I think in going to these parties and and doing them, it's like the people there that show up, they're like super supportive. They're happy that there's an alternative. There's just something going on. And usually they are just stoked that there's that you, oh, wow, you came from San Francisco. You came to, oh, wow. And they ask questions and they end up following you or they end up becoming friends. And the best thing I've noticed, they don't make requests. They're like, I trust you. It's really weird. You think these kind of smaller markets, you think they're going to be less coolest, but they're like way more... I feel that. I mean, yeah. and that area that I'm talking about bred me mm-hmm. because that's where I learned to play. Those are the crowds I learned to play for. Okay. And that's literally everything that I come from came from there. So I could in some ways reincarnate that. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's jump into that. So New England DJ, because I think of two things, the Patriots and clam chowder sure they made someone like you this like total like music yeah, guy I'll, there I'll has break, to be something tell I'll me break about it, it down really quick break it down, so break it down i'm two hours west of boston okay massachusetts is a small state on the very edge of the state is cape cod which is martha's vineyard nantucket cape cod it's yeah. it's beach town it's new england to the t you know it's chowder and lobster <laughs> how, how do they say lobster a-H. Okay. Um, and Chowda, A-H. All right. <laughs> then there's Boston, uh-huh. which is its own thing. And then two hours west of Boston is this whole area of, called Western Massachusetts. And that's where I grew up. And it's a super unique slice of the country. I mean, I wouldn't have moved back if it wasn't a special place. Okay. My family happens to be there. But aside from that, it's just like a really rich community of awesome people. And like the vibes are just right. Like everybody is incredibly kind and like the, you know, natural beauty and and all of these things that essentially I I wanted to raise my daughter back in nature and not raise her in the city. And so that was the kind of deciding factor other than the Bay area, just being, you know, not the most sustainable place to raise a family. That's crazy. (laughs) Like when I see like kids running around San Francisco, I'm like, what what are you? It's a trivial. It's like seeing a gorilla in the mall. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. I would. I was saying the same thing. So you're back in nature. Then it raised you and shaped you. Nature, or was it just or the culture that is Part, there? Partly nature and the culture. I was raised in a new age bookstore. No way. Yeah. yeah my, oh, that's so tight. Yeah, super tight. I fuck um, with that. Yeah. Yeah, I fuck with it too. Oh, yeah. So you know, crystals and sense yoga books, all that business. So okay. Yeah. That that was my upbringing. My my parents owned um, Beyond Words Bookshop for 26 years. And then after that, they opened a hot tub spa that was like, <laughs> so tight. I know that it was, you know, super therapeutic, like massage rooms and like, you know, spa music and yeah, it's new just, age, like Enya, Kitara, all that stuff. All day. Dude, my mom, if you saw her, she doesn't look like a new age person, but she totally raised me on that stuff. Like I'll go with her to like her palm readings, new age bookstores, the Rosa Christian temple. Um, I know about Enya and Kitar was always on in my house. <laughs> so I think that's why I like like certain types of electronic music or even like Dilla because there's all like kind of spacey sounds yeah. and then there's a beat. But yeah. No, so, I, I'm ready for the new age comeback. I think it's popping. Like <laughs> you on Instagram, dude. Well, I, actually I was going on Instagram and you like totally, you posted a photo of you calling like this big crystal. That's totally the type of crystals my mom has in her house still. Right. I remember that from my childhood. I don't know, this kind of new age thinking, the new age philosophy that kind of like, you know, give you some uh, ammunition to kind of attack like being a self-made artist and all that. Huge. And more so this year in my life than it ever has. Okay. And that's partly because we've been so caught up in nightlife that that world is just such a polar opposite of that in such a way. Like it's kind of just debauchery versus, you know, personal growth and like being aware of all of the vibrations around you. And this year with moving back, my one of my main goals was just to like really take a step back and look at my life and reach for growth. And I had a big year of growth and it's yeah. exactly what I wanted to do. And I'm in a much different place now than I was a year ago. Okay. What, what was that place, if you don't mind the, me asking? Well, I was just trying to figure it out. I was kind of feeling distracted would be the best word I could give. And that comes from late nights and partying and DJing and all the things that, you know, just seemed normal. But in a way, I felt like maybe weren't my authentic self. And now that, you know, my daughter's two and like we have this new routine at home and things are a little bit different, I'm in a really positive place and I've been working really hard on my health and I'm actually almost certified as a health coach. Oh, I've wow. Been doing man. a lot of work with that. Dude, I didn't know all this. This yeah. is great. This yeah, is yeah. great. Yeah. And so to circle back to the new age thing, I've been really tapping into like my roots in a sense because I was raised this way. And I'm feeling like really good about it. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, man. And I'm, I'm actually like, I'm not drinking at the moment. Same. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the like crystal pictures, it's not just for the gram. Like I'm yeah. actually like, I'm actually feeling a, a bit of a higher purpose now that I haven't felt since I was uh, probably a young teen. Yeah. Wow. Man. So I guess two things I wanted, this comes to mind. So these distractions, could it be this thing where we look on social media, we look at bookings and like, oh man, Is, we were kind of talking about that earlier, that or looking at SoundCloud pays and all these metrics that yeah. not just affect DJs, but just like people, credit people across the board or people that are really, that are kind of wild and wooed by metrics. Is, yeah. that, is that what you meant by distracted? That is a piece of it. And that for me means consuming, because yeah. just overconsumption of everything and part of that is social media. And then the offshoot of that is comparing ourselves to others. And that's just toxic. And it's something that we all do. And I'd like to say I do less of it. And that's that's one piece of the distraction. The other is just like, you know, late nights and boozing and whatever. Yeah, yeah. Also, you've lost a bunch of weight. So that's kind of part of this whole, uh, maybe this kind of recharge of reset. Of, of, sure, of yeah. 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 Um, 
that's just because I want to feel good, you know? And yeah. it's part of this whole lifestyle package of feeling good about myself and mm-hmm. losing weight has been a nice bonus, but oh, it okay. wasn't really like the goal. Yeah. So what are like, I guess, uh, maybe two gems you could kind of tell the listeners, especially our DJ producer friends, that they can maybe, I don't know, they can maybe do or in practice or a philosophy or something they can take on to kind of make their careers or lives a little better. Sure. Um, how we treat ourselves is just so important, you know, and the negative self-talk and the limiting beliefs that we all really, it's just such a big part of our lives. And I think that a lot of us don't really know that because we are a little bit distracted because we're either like hungover or maybe looking at our phones and just, you know, numbing ourselves to the fact that we're actually unhappy with our lives. So, you know, I've just taken baby steps along the way of like, if I'm not happy with something in my life, instead of being like, oh, I'm just going to numb it with something. And that thing could be as simple as looking at Instagram, right? I'm going to actually take a moment and see if I can change it, you know, and realize that it's not going to come from any motherfucker other than myself. And it's taken a while for me to get to that point. But like once, once I really drew a line in the sand and was like, I'm done, you know, then I kind of have reached a point now where I've given myself the space to like allow myself to do that by not having the distractions of living in <clears throat> Such a dope city. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that's that. I guess it, it's great to be in San Francisco, but I guess the day of the grind, it's it's called a grind for a reason. It yeah, is. It's it, not the daily cakewalk. It's a mellow city, but you know, even just like, even just the energy of like you know, tent city and all that stuff. It, it day after day, it can it can have an impact on. Yeah, you know? and it's so subtle because we don't know about it, and it, it gets to the point where we get desensitized, and then even furthermore, we start looking at homeless people as, oh, they're a problem, they're a nuisance, or right. they're a par- we need to get rid of them, or right. we need to get them out of our sight without actually you know, doing anything constructive to actually fix the problem. Right. So now I feel like I think that's kind of circling back why I like going to these smaller cities because the vibe's more mellow and these cities, are like, you know, they're quiet after 8 o'clock and you're just kind of driving around and people are more yeah. chill and they appreciate it. And yeah, so I can go out and walk my dog at 7 in the morning and catch like the sun coming in and there's no cars around. And it's just like, it's special, you yeah. know? Has this <laughs> affected your music? That I'm not sure about, but um, I've been making a lot of music. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's a good question because another thing when I think about you is that you're this guy that runs in so many different lanes, but very good. Like I think I have some of your Baltimore edits. I also have your dance hall and you know you know Dembo edits. I have your new disco stuff. I have your mixes. I've seen you DJ live. You basically do it all and do it all very well. So where does that? Where does that well of creative energy come from? And actually, I mean, uh, is it intentional? It just kind of happens or? Yeah, I mean, somehow it's remained cohesive, I hope. Yeah, that's what Question I'm saying. Mark. Yeah, <laughs> there's not like, oh, his dance hall stuff is great, but there's new disco shit. Oh, right. fuck out of here. No, it's no, all I, very strong. It's all good. Yeah, thank you. I, I very much appreciate that. And it's just an expression of whatever I love. And if I can put it out there in a way that other people can enjoy it, then I, I have like, I'm not trying to put myself in any kind of, box where I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. But where I'm at right now is I'm working on, I've been calling it my album, but what happened is I had a vision for it and it's already taken a completely different turn. (laughs) And this is because we love so much and so many different kinds of music that um, it's hard for me to pick one thing that's going to represent me. But end of the day, there's how many thousands of releases a day. And it's like, so I feel like 
you know, if I can package something and put that out, then I'll just make a new thing and I'll put that out. And it doesn't, yeah. all, it doesn't have to be so black and white. Yeah. And I was going through your Twitter and this is, might be just me. I'm not, cause I'm kind of struggling with this problem right now is that you said something about, I think it was basically said, you know, put that shit out. Like you tweeted about this, just right. put it out. And for me, like I have so much, you know, edits and actually more like beats with like rappers and singers that I'm like, Oh, it's not good. And then, but I really, um, I really admire what you do and guys like Nick Bike. They just put stuff out, not overthinking it. So maybe I've gotten better about it. Yeah. yeah. So what is what is this? Tell me. Unpack that for me. Um, the, put shit out. Put this out thing. Yeah. I think it's just like, and I have I have so much shit stored. Yeah. Still that it's, it has not seen the light of day. But um, if you're an artist and you're creating art and you don't share it, what the fuck good is it? Yeah. Right. Okay. That's kind of what it comes down to. It's like you're kind of just serving yourself, uh-huh. but. If you don't share it, it's not gonna, not only is it not gonna bring you anything, but if the goal is also to bring value to other people by sharing your art with them and you're not sharing it, then you're kind of just doing a disservice to everybody else and yourself. Okay, so it's about sharing the gift and the power of music. Well, you are a rare individual as an artist because you have this gift. You are gifted and talented in the fact that you're an artist and we're all artists, you know? Somebody's art could be any mundane little thing that seems like it's nothing. Like, it's creative. I've been feeling that a lot more lately, that, like, you don't have to be a, quote, creative to be creative. Like, you could be creative muni driver. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's all about your perspective. So, I mean... So you, that's great. I think that's, that to me, that's inspiring because I've been kind of going through this whole thing. Like, as we speak, like, oh, I got all this music I'm going to put out. I don't know what to do with it. Should I put it out? I think, you know, we'll talk about this in a second too, is that we always have that fear that we don't want to put anything that we think is great and it, and it falls flat in that 15,000 releases you just mentioned. Dude, yeah. And that's a reality, dude, right? But if uh, you think about that, I mean, you're fucked from the jump. <laughs> <laughs> and, Fuck. I, and I am because I'm working on this album and I'm like, you know, I'm putting so much, so much care and thought into what it's going to be. But like... It's a little crippling to think about, like it just getting buried and forgotten within a few days, you know. Yeah, I know it sucks, and, and the same thing. Like I have to like intentionally really sit with like a DJ's a friend's mixes or someone's album. Like, okay, I only can listen to this album in the next two days because otherwise, I know after those two days, it's fucking gone, and it's gonna be like three other albums and then another That's ten. That's a bummer. Albums. I hella miss CDs. A little bit, yeah, yeah. I, actually, I I've been buying CDs off the of discog, like mixes that don't exist online. Just and I end up sitting with them a little more and giving it a little more repeat value and and. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like really bad about listening to the albums. Through. Yeah, I, ha- I have to like, like I said, give myself like two days to really sit with that. Otherwise, it's it's fucking gone. Yeah, so. I definitely need to. I want to make sure that this project I'm working on gets physical because it's just. Yeah, I really want somebody able to like listen. Smart, yeah. smart move. So when you say like when you kind of sit down and start with the vision, I mean, is it just kind of like a. Um, blank canvas because you do, like I said you've done so many remixes like official and unofficial reggae to hip hop to dance music you let's say let's talk about like your remix thing so you find an acapella or a track that you like or a remix of acapella that's like hot right now then you're like okay I'm gonna make this a dancehall version or you're like or you just say fuck it I'm just gonna see what goes or I kind of slap stuff in Ableton and see what sticks I just throw shit on the wall okay <laughs> All right, so let's say that Lonza Morgan, that one by one that I was just uh-huh. pestering about, that's like uh-huh. a, a year and a half old now. This point? no, no, no. It was that was from 2011. Oh my, dude, that I shit think. is seven years, eight years old. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just in my head, and I was like, "Did someone remix this? Why is it in my head?" And I just figured it's probably Jake. And it's eight years old. Fuck. All right, so when you did that, eight years. Old. 
<laughs> Deal, circling back what we were just talking about. You can make some dope shit and just gets buried. And I follow your shit and I still... <laughs> and, <laughs> all right, so you were like, I'm going to make a disco version. Or no, you just had the acapella and... I had the acapella and it had Movado on it, which caught me because, you know, it was a studio acapella. That tends to be rare for reggae shit. Yeah. You know? Or just rare in general nowadays. Rare in general, right. And God only knows how I put those two together, but that was kind of a pinnacle moment in terms of my sound because I've been championing this reggae disco thing mm-hmm. since then. And so, I mean, you thought that was a year or two old, but it's yeah. been, it's been like eight years of, of almost tri- a decade. Yeah. yeah. End of the decade. <laughs> and around that same time I did a busy signal joint with mm-hmm. just an illusion. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, um, imagination. Yeah. yeah. That was the same sort of feeling of like, Oh my God, these worlds are just like meant to be. Yeah. But again, that was eight years ago. So you'd be like, I'm going to find two things are in key and just, I'm going to go from there. We didn't even mixed in key back then. I think I was just jamming Serato instrumentals and Akas and seeing what happens and, uh-huh. you know. Is, and is that kind of um, like typical, like your little like sketchbook when you make remixes now? Well, Ableton's become the sketchbook, whereas it used to be turntables. I don't really like use my turntables so much as a tool. I've been practicing again. That's been like one of these other breakthroughs for me this year is that like I've rediscovered my like love of DJing and like turntablism and like getting into, you know, making fun little routines. And like, I've been starting to become more comfortable like doing those live. And, um, I did this showcase with Serato over the summer that is a little bit backed up, but hopefully, oh, yeah, yeah. hopefully that'll shout come out. Th- shout out Destruct, shout, shout out, out OP, <laughs> Sunny, um, and, and Matt. Yeah, but that was I, like, I've been there too, man. That yeah. was a moment of like, you know, I should do something special for this and kind of like take off the gloves a little bit. So I'm starting to get back into using the turntables again, and that's fun. Yeah, no, for me too. Like, since I got an S9, like last year, I basically like scratch like every day, like just vinyl. Like, not even, not and even you're st- hella good about putting up like little bit, vi- like once in a while. I, I just, you know. But those videos and stuff, they might seem insignificant at the time but as somebody on the other side like sharing that stuff is kind of what we were talking about like that content is extremely valuable even if it seems like something that's not that big of a deal it is because that's something that like i'd like to do but i'm not doing it uh-huh. you know what i mean you're bracing S- fucking family bro <laughs> you're not some grown-ass peter pan man but thank you i appreciate that thank you man yeah i just do that because i just love scratching my boy day shout out him we'll like we'll send videos back and forth and i just always enjoyed it it's just i, don't know, I, I just might be being a, a bay area dude so before we get back to your rebirth of dj and since i'm a remix guy and i love your remixes so you say you get a dance acapella doesn't necessarily mean you're going to make it a dance hall track. You might just do, you know, disco or you might get an R&B track necessarily. You might make it a dance hall thing or it might not. It's really, there's, it's just free form basically. Yeah. No, there's no formula other than me trying to really put the pieces together with the disco reggae Mm -hmm. combination and make that a really like something you can actually like chew on instead of a remix here and a remix there over the years. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like people are starting to like recognize me as that guy. And that's dope because I really am not seeing too much of that. Is there like a remix or like a couple of remixes that you're like you're proud of? And you know, let's say, oh, play me your stuff. What would be some? Well, ones I that- mean, that even being eight years old, that that Shalimar joints that still goes, and yeah. people still text me all the time. Like, <laughs> oh, I still come back to that. Yeah, nice. There's another one that was um, my Bob Marley Stylo G yeah. remix. Yeah, we so, can talk about that. Really so you just quick. did an IG story about it, and it's. Yeah, because I bought that off of iTunes after I discovered some stylology. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, and I didn't. Again, you know, I'm, I'm gonna keep it real. I didn't. I that one slipped on the radar. I put it together that you posted something in your IG. So, so they jack you? Or we'll clear it? the air. They jacked me for sure. For sure. Uh, yeah. So they approached me 
maybe five years ago almost. I made the remix in 2012 as a bootleg. It exploded, and um, within a couple of years, which is kind of a long time for a remix, their manager hit me up, and he's like, we want to make this official. It's huge. Like, let's do it. Okay. When you say huge... Huge. Um, it was just getting organic growth. Like it was, a lot of people were playing it, and it reached them and their team, and they wanted to make it official. It was like a DJ staple, right? That's dope. The issue was that there's a, it's a Bob Marley song. Uh, yes. I mean, imagine what it takes to clear a Bob Marley thing. I've seen some bullshit Bob Marley <laughs> shit, and like if they can clear like Bob Marley incense and and right. and other crap, well, then yeah, yeah. No, I think. Oh, anyway, th- I think the music's a little bit harder. Okay, so the shit about a DJ theory, Bob Marley, you right. know, fucking so hookah. So they hit us up all excited, saying. We've got the approval to clear it from the Marley camp, and we're going to make this an official song. And obviously, me and my manager are, are jumping over backwards because it's like we're going to have a Bob Marley remix, and it's yeah. featuring this other dancehall artist who's really hot right now. And it's a crossover sound that's like totally unique. And four years later now, after going back and forth with both of our legal teams, it's become... Oh, well, I should rewind a little bit. They ended up taking my song and putting it out as theirs officially and doing remixes. They changed it ever so slightly. So they took the same Bob Marley sample, but just kind of redid it. We took the Yeah, like I sent the waves for the stems and then they kind of just like made it a little bit different and then didn't credit me. <laughs> so at that point, we just like fuck remixes or fuck no, reggae. That- or fuck Stylo G. A little, a little bit. I mean, I'm sure Stylo G had nothing to do with it, but I didn't want to be taken advantage of to that extent. So we took him. We didn't go to court, but we had a musicologist what we hired in the UK who was like the top guy to analyze the different songs and do all the due diligence in terms of like, is this actually your work? And everything checked out. Wow. It was like we really, we really... We went the distance. So in 2019, where is that remix now? So they changed the title. They called it Call Me a Leader. That's what they ended up titling it. Like I said, they changed it ever so slightly. They changed a couple of drum sounds here and there, a couple different fills. And then um, I think Stylo revoiced it. And then um, they put it out on all their channels. And then they had like a dozen remixes. Okay. And <laughs> from a dozen different artists of like my shit. And yours is not uh, I wasn't anywhere credited anywhere to be seen. So you've kinda you kinda took an L on that? Well, I took an L for the time, but I wasn't about to take an L for good. Okay. So okay. that's why I went to war. It literally just finished like last week. So I didn't make any money, but the settlement has been completed. I didn't lose any money and technically I won in the sense that the song is going to be, I guess, DJ Theory remix, right? Yeah. On the credits. But I honestly don't even give a fuck at this point. I yeah. just wanted I just wanted it to be done and know that I wasn't gonna get completely walked over. You okay. Know? Yeah, two things. So at any point I'm pretty sure your lawyer said, Why don't they communicate to Stylo G's people? Why don't just give us the name? Like you're now like you're now dragging something that could have been done in a couple of weeks. And then, so what are some things you could tell, I guess, DJs or remixers, like legally, what are th- some things you've learned from this If and things you maybe do in the future, maybe tell our listeners to do, you know? Right. Well, I'm pretty apprehensive about sending stems, you know? Okay. And at the time, we had both teams involved and the line of communication was there and it seemed like it was ready to go. And 
I guess I was a little bit too trusting to send those stems because that's what they used to recreate the song and cut me out. It's not like you can send stems with a fucking stamp on it that's like, do 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 you know what I mean? But I don't know. Maybe send stems through a lawyer. Oh, okay. Something like that. Sent, yeah. Or on a third party, like sure. a legal third party. Sure. Okay. It's a thought. Yeah. So speaking of bad luck and remixes, let's talk about the SoundCloud Rapture. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> I, think, I think you and I even like talked on the phone or we, uh, do you, yeah. So SoundCloud Rapture, if you're an opening set podcast listener slash DJ or even just a fan of SoundCloud, the SoundCloud Rapture was basically everyone's accounts, everyone's songs getting taken down and from that also accounts getting deleted and done. Jay Boogie was a guest last season. He had a problem. I had some problems with it, but I felt you got it kind of hard. So tell us about your experience. Yeah, I'm at peace with it now. Yeah, yeah. I think we all are. We're just, <laughs> also, they're like, they're a little more lax because they're probably going to be gone in two years. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. It, but anyways, it, yeah. Yeah, you're more at peace with it. The relevance is, has faded so much by this point. Yeah. But um, I've also come to a point where I'm putting so much less stock in specific things like that. Because if you put too much stock into one thing like that, it's just this little entity. And once that thing is gone, that can't be what represents you because that's not you. It's just a piece of your package. Yeah. If Instagram went down tomorrow a lot of people would be extremely, like, they'd be in a bad place, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I'd like to be in a place where I just could be like, eh, you know, take it or leave it. Yeah, I like the cat memes, but I, I still got bills to pay. And there will be another more. place for cat memes, I promise. Yeah, <laughs> I think in, when the nuclear apocalypse comes, like, the cat memes will still be just right. here, like, meow. Just hang but, out. Um, maybe it's from listening to too much Gary Vee lately, but, like... Uh-huh. No, that's <laughs> true. like... You know, if we put so much stock into one thing and that thing disappears, then what the fuck are you left with? It's like, you can't be too caught up on it. So anyway, with SoundCloud, I guess the silver lining is I could say that I'm grateful for growing an organic fan base for the time that I could because I reached a lot of people. I had millions of plays and all I was doing was putting a song up. I wasn't promoting it or anything. It was all organic within the app. And I miss the feedback that I was getting because you used to be able to comment on the waveforms and like actually people could be like, oh, I like this part of the song. You can still do that, but the romance is completely gone. Yeah. Maybe it's just me because people don't like my shit as much. But as you have you seen kind of like a decline in like plays and just this kind of like fever to be on SoundCloud? My numbers on SoundCloud are garbage now. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> We're all shitty together. All right. No, but see, I think... You I know, don't yeah. use it. I barely check it. It's just like kind of a lost yeah. ruin. Yeah. Well, I still check it a lot because there's podcasts. and there's, I check it to get new music. Yeah, of course, of course. But I find it more to get like people's remixes. Like, uh, But I also am like... The amount of fucking gates to download a song. Yeah, like, it's it's a little much, man. And especially for like the world music yeah. and like anything Latin, Caribbean, whatever. It's like next thing I know, I'm following their grandmother on YouTube, and it's just not really the vibe. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I, I I do gate and just I just ask for email because I am like paying for this mastering. So email is one hundred percent legit. That's fine. So that that's your next question. Ultimately. You know, SoundCloud's going to come and go, and we had Z-Share at one point, and, you know, there'll be something else that'll come along. Like, what do you think is going to be a place that is really, like, the best way? As an advice, because this is going to be a question I want to ask you, where is, like, kind of the best way to get, you know, your remixes into people's hands? I mean, I've switched all of my unofficial bootleg edit whatever's to an email list. What's interesting is that that email list is 99.9% DJs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not like, it's not the general public. That's yeah, re- it's that's not a homegirls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. So 
I'm well, does, kind that, of, does that kind of you know make you think twice? You're like, oh, that's the way it is. Uh, just kind of, I'm, I'm a DJ's DJ, I guess. Yeah, we're one of the, hey, look at us. <laughs> hey. Yeah, yeah the, the, uh, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah. I mean, that that's that's the beauty of you know of trying to make an album and get more. I guess Spotify is Spotify is the home now to reach the general public. Yeah. And but again. Well, if Spotify goes under tomorrow, it's like yeah, some legal thing happens. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's been some homies that have talked about building their own platforms, and I'm curious to see if if and when that happens. I'm pretty behind on the email blasts and stuff, but it's always nice to send those out and get people hollering back and saying, "Man, I just appreciate these so much," and they work in all my sets. And then I know that I'm not just actually reaching one person, but I'm actually reaching a much larger audience because they're sharing it. To their yeah. crowds, yeah. So and other DJs the, that do the trades and all yeah, that. Yeah, I mean the value is actually larger if your goal is to reach people because you're touching more people. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Again, I, I used to do email blast way more than I stopped, but then I'm I'm gonna pick it back up because I have so many things I want it directly to go into people's inboxes. And then as a DJ or a music collector, I respond way more to an email. I don't think I even look at SoundCloud for posts anymore. Instagram is second. I'll follow the link, but really it's the email blast, the same thing. Give us the kind of nuts and bolts for our friends that are, you know, that want to build an email list or maybe you can compare notes. How do you go about building this email list if you can? Um, the best way that I've found is the most organic and low budget way possible, which is literally going on your Facebook page and saying, hey, if I put out an edit pack tomorrow, who would want it? And look at the amount of comments you would get. I think I've done that. It was work. Yeah. If you haven't done it, you probably should. <laughs> okay, hundreds one. of people will chime in overnight, and then you have hundreds of people on your email list. And when you do that a few more times, essentially you have an email list full of people that not only are going to get your music, but they want your music because they asked for it. I mean, you don't get that return usually without either paying for it or like doing some you know, crazy backend yeah. tactic. It's like that thing I learned in school, like 70-30 theory, like 70% of your business comes from 30% of your customers. So it's kind of like that, I, I guess, in a way. You're tapping into authenticity because it's it's an authentic way to reach people that genuinely want your product. Yeah, yeah. So that's one. And what's maybe another tip you can uh, think about? Getting remixes into people's hands. Probably Instagram. Instagram, yeah. posting I mean, like I, videos. I don't really like to like promote myself so much, okay. but like... On the other side of that, when I see my DJ people sharing music and it says Lincoln Bio, I go check it. And yeah. so it, it works, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, it works. Yeah. And we look at Instagram a lot, so why not put your art on there so yeah. people can find it? Yeah, also, you really, I mean, you say you're not good about the emails, but you had the winter warmers and the summer dubs, and you're always really good about kind of managing what you're doing. And also, I look at your Instagram, you always do really cool flyers and images. Is that something you do all yourself and just been learning all these years as you go along? Or uh, Yeah. Okay, so it's all self-managed. Yeah. All this stuff. Yeah, for sure. So <laughs> you say it with a smile, like, yeah, that, that's me, motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, I've obviously worked with lots of creatives over the years in various ways, but I tend to like to torture myself. Okay. By doing it myself. <laughs> Do it yourself? No, dude, sometimes that's the best way, man, because I know a lot of guys I've been, I work with both visually and with music and mad talented, but they just don't have the they have bad communication skills. Or they're not timely sure. or they're just difficult to work with. And so, yeah, I guess sure. I mean, that's another thing. DIY, email blast, and maybe get on Instagram to kind of get your stuff out there. Yeah. Yeah. What's up? It sounds like so common when you break it down. It's like, yeah, these are the keys to the fucking city. So... Thanks. The thing is, going back to just sharing your art is like, it's not going to be perfect. You know what I mean? You're going to fuck something up along the way, but just get it out there. Especially if it's free music. It's like, 
the amount of time I could spend laboring over a master of a bootleg, it's like, no, Dude. bro, just get it fucking Yo. out there. I, okay, so that <laughs> coffee toast blend I did of the whatnots, yeah. I'm using your one by one as my reference and I'm trying to get, I've been seriously <laughs> been trying to get the kick. So just, I want the kick just like this. Wow. Yeah. And I've been like switching through it and I bet you like when it gets played, no, no one cares. Dude, that's so fucking, I'm like, I'm at like a very inception meta moment right now because I'm literally <laughs> using your track as a reference. So Man, I'm, I'm touched. <laughs> <laughs> over some bootleg you did again, like over eight years ago. Right. So fuck, what the fuck are we doing? Put a limiter on your master chain, give it a DB of gain and you're pretty much good. Okay. <laughs> you maybe you want to give me another, uh, some other producer, you know, bootleg bedroom tips since um, we're here. You use Ableton Live, right? Okay, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, no, no offense, but yeah, I use Ableton. Yeah. No, well, some either. people are like, Freddy Loops, but whatever. Go oh, ahead. no. Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Fruity Loops is, is great. Um, yeah, I mean, a simple master chain. Get a multi-band compressor on your uh, on your master bus. Adjust your levels so you know you're letting it breathe a little bit and not squashing it too much on each of your bands. And then um, turn your dry wet down to about like sixty. Put a Pro L limiter after that. Give it a couple dB again, and you're done. The fact that you just rally us off like it's like how to make a sandwich is. <laughs> you're such a fucking pro, dude. I love it. And then John, the look on John, our producer's face, he's just kind of like, huh? Okay, yeah. I think this worked. I think this is this is good. This is good. Um, fucking thank you for that because I'm gonna use that. I'm probably gonna go back to that part a lot. So yeah, <laughs> so John and John as well, man. Yeah, you know, that's another thing because I I started watching producer videos. I was watching a video by Cardo. And he was, and the guys were asking so all these kind of technical questions. And the guy was like, I, I took a limiter off and I don't know, it just sounds good. And I leave it at that. And that kind of touches what you're just saying. Like, it doesn't have to be perfect, doesn't have to it be. It doesn't. I mean, a lot of hit records were made in a teenager's bedroom, you know? Yeah, then and now. Yeah, I look at it, like rap caviar. All these guys are like young kids that just made it. Yeah. Yeah. I think someone was telling me, uh, like, U Turn from Oliver, he mastered all this stuff off like the laptop speakers. Cause, oh. Yeah. And if it sounds good on that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Vaughn, if I could have anybody mix my album, it'd be him. Yeah, Vaughn or Caserta. One of those, those two guys are, are definitely. Yeah. yeah. Damn. So I guess more of this little part right here is that just fucking do it. Don't overthink it. And everyone's got the same amount of talent and equipment in their disposal to make great shit or even stuff that's just cool sure. enough yeah yeah man so we're talking about you know sharing art and before off the mic we're talking about Jero Vandal I, that's how you say his name right Jero Vandal Jero I say Jero like Al Jero Jero sounds great yeah Jero Vandal and Jelly Jeff they both are running your some of your edits they're running your uh, Post Malone over Come Around uh, yeah. track so wh what does that do for you I guess you know uh, emotionally when you hear like someone that really dope that you like play your stuff I mean, it, it definitely evokes a, 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 an emotion because you make this stuff without, ideally, you make it without any expectation. So when you get that type of feedback, you feel like, oh, I must have done something right, you know? Mm -hmm. But in terms of sharing art, for example, like the Jero Vandal, he played Sonar this summer, right? Which is pinnacle. Yeah. And um, he ran it there, and a friend of mine sent me the clip. New Life, I want to say. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sal Tyson. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He sent me the clip. He's like, yo, he just ran the, your tune at Sonar, and I watched it back, and it was like, I felt the energy. I got the goosebumps, you know what I mean? After that, I was like, you know what? I don't generally like to, like, boasty, like, share these types of things, but yeah. it's like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to share it. So I, I made a little clip, and I shared it on Instagram, and it was like, you know what? Be proud of that moment, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, it's validation. It's good. We all, we, we all want it. All artists, we all want it. Like the day that artists say, I don't want validation, they might be full of shit. But you didn't let that kind of like 
get you too hyped. You kind of kept it like, oh, this is a moment. I'll post it and move on. Type no, of thing. It, it's self-validation of like, you know, I must be doing something right and just use that as fuel for the fire. But it's dope to hear him continuing to play it at these huge events. And, you know, Jeff, like you said, too. Yeah, Jeff at an Afrotech party here in Oakland, he played it. Like, even I was like, oh, what is this? Like, I, it's like, I know this. I know this. I know this. And then I just, and I was looking at Instagram and I saw that and I'm like, oh, that's the one. Yeah. So. And it's funny when, when you can just make a bootleg of two things and blend them together and it becomes like an actual song almost. It takes a new shape once it passes that plateau, you know? Yeah, yeah. I was talking to Nick Bike, and it's like, yeah, the thing that I'll spend hours or all this time and effort to get right, it kind of flops. And then something he does, he did uh, his Redbone edit. He think he did it like in, I think, 20 minutes. Right. And I think and he, he goes, yeah, I was able to pay for my honeymoon or my marriage, my wedding off of the sales of the vinyl of that. And that thing's like, I've seen that play. I see that get played everywhere. How dope is that? I know, that's so weird. <laughs> so we doing, the things we don't give a fuck about yep. get the best like reaction. The, yeah. the Marley thing, I made it in like an hour dude and you end up getting a five-year loop i was battle. like because <laughs> the sample this <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> hey okay, okay. Yeah. but yeah so the marley thing took an hour then yeah, look yeah. and a lot of the edm guys say the same shit they're like i made x huge record you know on my laptop with my earbuds yeah and that's just what it is yeah i, I yeah i think i'm gonna start doing a thing where uh, maybe other people do like put a, a f- focus time limit on something and if nothing comes out of it then it's just there's nothing there because I Lord knows I sit for like weeks and then go back and like oh and think you think there's something there and you don't even know what you're listening to anymore so um, return to the idea of art you know people have always said and I kind of feel this too that art should always make people uncomfortable or sometimes stand for something speak for something a, a cool thing that I, I love about you is that on social media and also personally as a person and at that Red Bull event I saw you you played Fuck Ice and yeah. how important to you is in these days and time just in general about injecting your own opinion on the state of the world politics for lesser term into your music man I mean coming from like such a roots reggae background and conscious backpack hip hop and all that stuff like there was really such a long time where it wasn't just like important it was it just was what we did. It, the message was part of what we were doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Then, like, Jiggy hip-hop, hip-hop yeah. happened. Yeah. And um, then we were kind of like, oh, you know, it, had, it took a little while to warm up, like 50 Cent in the club. Like, it took a few times, and then we were like, okay, it's a slapper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that, when it came out, I was like, what's this Jiggy shit? Then, you know, as time progressed, I realized that I like rocking parties, and yeah. just party rocking is a different, it's a different type of energy, and you can't take it too seriously. Nowadays, the lyrics are just it, whatever. There's been trash lyrics since. Yeah, wap baba lap a wap bamboo. Like that's that's from like the '60s. That should feel like oh, music back in the day. Like yo, this is for like, sure. Yeah, yeah. So, and then yeah. you know you got Uncle Luke and so on and so forth. It's yeah. like it's been had. Yeah. But I like rocking parties and I like doing conscious shit too. But if I were to like write lyrics, I might want to write something more provocative. But like at the end of the day, I'm generally just like trying to have fun and you know get people fired up uh, but once in a while you'd want to make something or play something that does the fuck ice thing it's like given that platform and like where we are right now it's like if i can take a moment of my time to like give somebody that little subliminal hint and the fact that you caught it like uh-huh. that's dope yeah <laughs> well yeah, i think the reason why i ask that because in these like <laughs> these times that don't make any sense the fact that there have has there's been people i feel the general public uh, is definitely more vocal, more uh, speaking up for on the right sides of his right side of history, but I kind of feel like comes to DJs and producers, it's been kind of a little. I've been a little disappointed, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think when people do speak up and they use their platform, especially when it's big platforms, they have clout for less of a better word. 
when they say something to do with it that is so obviously fucking wrong I really feel like shout out to them yeah so yeah when he did that he played that and shout to Johnny Quest and everyone else involved with that I was like happy to see that people weren't afraid to be like oh I don't, I don't want to ruffle any feathers and yeah dude I mean the powers that be are ruffling feathers on such a worse level it's like yeah. what what are we we're just like these little ants but if you can get somebody to listen then you're winning right? yeah yeah and then so because I remember I have friends that are you know very established and they say yeah I don't really want to upset anybody or offend anybody and they have this fear like oh, I might lose gigs um, yeah, what do you, like, what do you like say to those people fuck Donald Trump dropped yeah. right? and people definitely felt different kinds of ways about that and yeah. depending on the venue and this and that it's like well you're either going to play it or you're not <laughs> I was kind of on the going to play it side probably. yeah yeah um, but you weren't afraid, like, oh, I don't want to upset the booker. You're like, fuck it, I'm going to do I it. I guess it depends, you know? Yeah. I guess it depends how big the bag is, right? <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. <laughs> and, the, and that's kind of one thing that we're speaking about, you know, fuck Donald Trump. Like, I'll, I've done, like, I'm going and I you know, have and I will do, like, a lot of big corporate parties. And they come and gave me a list of not to, what not to play. Mm-hmm. And then, like, R. Kelly's on that. Michael Jackson's on that. Kanye's been on some of them. And, like, a recent one was, like, Don't Play Blurred Lines by Robin Thicke. I'm like... Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I could kind of see where they go. I because willfully. Of the Marvin Gaye thing. No, no, because the song. I guess, and I remember even reading about this, and you know, a friend telling me when that song came out, it's a little rapey. I mean, if you li- listen back to it, like, it's it's okay. it's it's super rapey actually. <laughs> um, but I gladly obliged because I don't really fuck with any of those artists, unfortunately. Sure. You know, some people gladly I don't fuck with other people. I just have to, you know, respect other people's general ideas of who that person is. But the bag is very good. So I'm like, I'm like gladly I will not play any right. of these songs. But yeah, I, I struggle with it. Everyone has their line and I just like to kind of get people's opinion and, yeah, and I mean, thoughts the, about it. Yeah, the, the little fuck guys thing is subtle and fun and a couple of my friends caught it and... That was tight. Yeah, but you didn't have any friends who were like, hey, man, time and place. <laughs> or like, hey, keep art out of music. You didn't got no. Good. No, and I mean, that's for Red Bull. They're pretty corporate. Right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Red Bull did not come in like, hey, <laughs> no. we're not pro eyes, but we're actually not fuck eyes either. No. So, no. all right. <laughs> Fred, I had to ask again because I caught it and I was like, yo, shout out to, uh, you know, Theory. That. Yeah, giving a shit and being about something. So, you know, we're, we're talking about a lot of things about your personal care and, you know, everything from, you know, uh, crystals and whatnot and also reggae music. You're also, uh, I stopped smoking weed like months ago and you smoke weed regularly still or? Um, not too, too much. Okay. And I, I've, I've actually been curious about this. I figured I'd ask you, what does, let's say, things like that do to the creative thinking and energy about making music? Does it enhance? Does it kind of just something that relaxes you? Enhance. Absolutely for me. Really? Yeah, it yeah. does? Yeah. If there was no other time in my life for me to smoke weed other than making music, that would be it. Okay. So if you're like, you only smoke weed once, at, only at one time, it's like, oh, let's just do it at music time? Yeah. So Especially you, so you hear music better? What is, what is it? It opens up my creative pathways. I'm just like... sometimes you can't just sit down and create and I'll sit down on my computer and just nothing happens, but it's like, (laughs) (laughs) you do the, he did the, uh, the lighting a bong hand (laughs) gesture. So like, and then, um, yeah, just melodies just start to flow after that. Okay. Cause we opened your creative pathways Yeah, and are are these actual things in the brain or just kind of like you're just, you know, your ear and your kind of mood and makes you more, I think it's just kind of like a, blockage of just you know general life stuff in my brain and then once I'm able to kind of redirect that I, I can kind of tap into the music lane and is there a, so but I can't do it before gigs 
Oh, okay. All like, right. Well, well, I don't smoke when I DJ unless I'm DJing like a reggae party. Or, well, you're going to smoke whether you like it or not. You're going to get high <laughs> just whether you like it or not. So is there a certain strain that you, you that you could recommend I to everyone or is there a strain I don't, you use? I don't here? think, I think that that's kind of bullshit, honestly. That really? I think it's such a small difference between all that. Like sativa, indica. When you're, when you're making concentrates and stuff, you can be a little bit more scientific about it and cater to that sort of thing, but... If you're smoking bud, it's like fucking bud is bud. Yeah. So you just smoke and be like, all right, let's let's make some music. Let's make some music. Dude, yeah. that's so dumb. you know what? As many weed smokers, I've never really asked this whole thing. So interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to be a huge weed head, but I'm I'm not anymore. And um I'm honestly thinking about like kind of cutting it out altogether because I'm on this like kind of sober train right now and yeah. um doing it for the till the end of the year, which is kind of like the longest break I've ever had. I'm still smoking a little here and there, and like I do like some microdosing and stuff as well. Microdosing, like the acid stuff, like L or psilocybin, but like just a little, little bit. Well, does that help you make music too? No, it's more just like a level. You're honestly don't really even really feel it. Whoa. Yeah. Damn. Because I just went to a talk with uh, Timothy Leary's son and this other guy that's been like doing acid for the, since the 60s. Uh-huh. And we were kind of, me and my boy were kind of curious about microdosing all that stuff, but I don't think it's for me. But yeah, that's, sure. oh man. But you know, I'm, I'm kind of thinking of just like going completely off everything and just feeling what it's like to be sober again <laughs> completely. Yeah. I will say, someone that's, you know, not doing either, the first two weeks, three weeks are weird because like you're hella. I, I, would, I was super angry all the time or like just like short and like overthinking things and like it was not fun. It yeah. was so whack. But after that, now being on my third month and I mean, I decided to do it. It wasn't like anything happened or I'm like, I have a goal. I was like, I'm just going to stop. It's it's like normal now. And it's gigs like, and shit is it's whatever. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. At first it was kind of like, fuck, I wouldn't mind a nice shot up for a net right now. Well, I started this shit like right before this tour and I'm playing in like, you know. You're in a, like you're in a bar. It. Like I, if I were to pick any any drink it would be mezcal because that's that's my favorite drink right so i play at this spot la esquina in in new york and it's, oh, yeah, yeah. it's a like mezcal bar it's gorgeous and just every you know kind of mezcal it's like nope just eh. yeah my <laughs> my first two events when i you know was stop jerking was uh a gig in seattle where they had an open bar and it was all white claw I'm like, oh my God. And I like White Claw. I have an inner white girl. Gang, gang. Yeah, you know, okay, shit, right on. And I was like, oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Next day, one of my best friend's weddings and they all had a drink and literally his cousin was bringing me like Fernet because I guess that's a drink that uh, my friend and his wife connected over. I'm just like, no, I'm okay. I'm chill. Just strumming your heartstrings. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then eventually it got better. But yeah, it's... Um, it's the long gigs where it's a little trickier. But. No, you know what I do? And this is, I guess, a tip for all the DJs that are trying to like, you know, that have, either have a, a, you know, can do sobriety or have a problem with it. I bring like a bunch of like LaCroix or yeah. Topo Chico, just drinks. I drink for myself. I'll drink, you know, I just bring my own sodas or whatever. Yeah. And you um, set yourself up for success. Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's a lot like that. And then the weed thing, I don't miss that as much. It's just, I don't know. But I, I don't know, I don't know where this is going to go for me. But for you, you may, yeah. Well, weed's also such a weird commodity here now. Oh, it's, it's changed so yeah. much that it's like, it's kind of bullshit. I, I wish, wish weed it, was illegal again. It's, I, I think that'd be way cooler. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You'd have like less bros, like e high tech bros It'd trying to sleep. It'd be a lot cooler if you were illegal, man. <laughs> a lot cooler if you were, man. All right, man. So I like to ask this question at the end of every kind of like sit down. Um, it's about music. So let's say you want to get in a creative mood, or you got kind of want to get your day started, get your your energy right. What's a song that kind of does it for you? It doesn't have to be an all time favorite. It's a song that I always like. That's the one, man. Doesn't matter what time of day it is. 
Tell us, oh, what you do? You could give us a morning song, a night song, walking the, taking the baby for a stroll, walking the dog. Right. Tell us. There's no no rules, baby. It's all right, baby. It's all jazz. Just play it. Man. Um, well, there's a Dennis Brown song called Silhouettes, uh-huh. and it's a remake of a Beatles song, which is a remake of an old soul song before the Beatles, and I can't remember the name of the original band. But um, that song pops up in my head a lot. That's like an anthem. It's it's not an anthemic song. It's it's just a croony. It's actually pretty creepy on the lyrical side. <laughs> it's about basically like watching a girl through the window. That wow. With you. Bl- bl- blurred lines, nineteen seventy one. It is one hundred percent blurred lines. <laughs> Good to know. So that might not be the best reference, but That's it's fine. what popped up. All right, fair enough, man. Well, anyways, thank you so much, DJ Theory. Airhorns for real. Thank you, my man. Thank you for coming through. Um, where can they? Uh, where can they find you? All the all the million of social channels are out there. Where sure, sure. Um, DJ Theory is spelled D E E J A Y T H E O R Y. Yeah, it is not DJ. Okay. It was DJ for a very long time, uh-huh. and then there was another DJ, and I changed it. <laughs> okay. So good for you. That's just. What it is? DJ Theory on Instagram on on all the things. Okay, SoundCloud maybe. Fuck SoundCloud, who forget cares? about it. Yeah, who cares? You're there. You're on there. But I you have like a bunch of funny like yeah I, aliases. And um, I still hit Twitter and I still hit Insta. So yeah, hot traffic, huh? <laughs> that, was, that was one of your like Never little, changed it Is it still Hot Tropic? Okay Twitter uh, Our followers Go follow DJ Theory on Twitter And see if it's still Hot Tropic It is Alright man Thank you so much my dude Alright much love Thank All right, you Much love to you man Thank you